Joined in studio by Dick Christie, the athletic director at North Carolina Pembroke. And when I first received word that you were going to be around, they said, you want to talk to Dick Christie? And I'm like, well, uh, is that in relation to uh, the NC State legend? And as it turns out, yes. I know you spent some time yeah. at State. So, so you were supremely disappointed when, no, they, no, when no, they said no, no, grand, no. grandson, not, not the Dick Christie. No, definitely yeah. not disappointed. So no, uh, been been a state fan my my whole life. Grew up right. in the Philadelphia area, so we didn't get a lot of coverage. But uh, I I did my college work in, in uh, North Carolina, small school, and then uh, did my graduate work at state. So you I got, were a golfer at Wingate. I was I was four four year golfer, and then um, got to got to come into state and intern in the athletic department. Just kind of inched my way up. But uh, was always always a Wolfpack fan, so getting getting a chance to work there and get behind the scenes that was that was a great way to start a career in college athletics. It was definitely surreal as a as a fan. Uh, oh of, no, no question. Yeah. Seeing uh, your grandfather's name all over the place. Yeah. So the uh, my freshman year in college, first year in North Carolina, uh, Les Robinson was AD at NC State, and, right? And they retired his football jersey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So so that was really neat. So I got a chance to to come in. He found out I was a, a sport management major, and you know we we talked that weekend. I said, Hey, I'd love to help you get your career started. And when somebody in that role says something like that, you try not to. To, to lose that so we, we we kept in touch just wrote a couple letters here and there through my college career right. and and he made, made good on that promise literally, literally when i started uh he retired like a month later lee fowler came in okay. and um you know it, it just worked out for me i was fortunate with the timing you've been at unc pembroke now this is year 11 11 seasons is right cra- crazy uh it it is how before i get into recent developments with uh, the sports wagering bill, which I know impacts your school. Yeah. Um, how have the decade and a year, how how has it progressed? Where are you today versus where were you when you took over? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody is fully prepared for what comes at you in the AD chair. So, right. you know, the cadence of it has, has gotten easier over the, the decade. Um, but, you know, we've had a lot of things that go our way as well. We're, we're, in a conference that's a little yeah. bit better geographic fit two years in and the, and the leadership is fantastic um we have an unbelievable chancellor just visionary leader and loves athletics that's a huge thing um i've you know found that these jobs are only as good as your president uh-huh. uh so I've, I've, I've had a really good job based on who i get to work <laughs> for so that's that's pretty cool and it's definitely what's kept kept me at pembroke because i feel like we're just kind of scratching the surface of what we're capable of under his leadership, but you know our, our teams. You know we've been on it. We've been on a tear. So I think uh, last weekend we won um, women's soccer championships. So that was our tenth championship in thirteen months. So you know, that's Whoa. not that's not a usual that's usual a occurrence. Uh, so <laughs> you know I've told our staff soak it in and you know enjoy the people that are around you because this doesn't happen. Oh all no the time. no, it's it the, now this has to be that way. You know how it goes. Yeah. If once once you start winning. Yes. You know our our hockey team here. Yeah. Uh, they're they're nine and seven, playing badly at nine and seven, and people are like, "What's wrong?" Like, well, we're playing badly and we're nine and seven. So they got, but they got that, eighty some games. So just right. take our time. That's the bar. But you, you so welcome. You know, welcome to the land of expectations. Yeah, yes, Dick, yesterday's favor is, is tomorrow's <laughs> expectation. Dick Christie is the athletic director at UNC Pembroke. Um, Let's get into the nuts and bolts of the sports wagering bill and how it impacts. And we haven't even started yet. We don't have the ability. uh, There's we don't have the mechanisms in place to actually do it. Although we know that we're headed that way. 
Uh, but in order to get this done, to get this through the state legislature, there were provisions where monies would be set aside and directed uh, directly to schools that wouldn't otherwise have, you know, been able to reap the benefits. So how does the sports wagering bill benefit Pembroke and some other local, you know, smaller schools, but how does it benefit Pembroke? Yeah, it, it is to say it's a blessing and a lifeline is, is no understatement. I mean, we were really, really at a, a major crossroads when you got to COVID. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of, not to mention the financial impact of the testing and, and just attrition and furloughing employees and all that kind of thing. Um, but when students started to take their education online and uh-huh. more online programs yeah. exploded, uh, North Carolina is unique in how the UNC system was funded. You you only could touch an athletic fee to to support athletics, and at a smaller school, that was the lion's share of your revenue. So ninety two percent. That's uh, the average for D two. Right. So it's hard to get to when it's restricted to uh, to just one fee. Uh, you know, if you're in Missouri or somewhere else, you can be a public school, and those those presidents and chancellors have the latitude to use other colors of money to fund athletics as they see fit. The, our chancellors don't have that that latitude. Okay. So this is really the first time that North Carolina has taken a step to diversify the, the revenues that could support athletics. So it is a, a monumental change, and it, it's perfect timing. So we're really appreciative of the legislature and really appreciative of the Board of Governors' leadership for looking at the economic impact, thinking about it big picture. Um, you know, there's obviously big impacts for us, but when you think statewide, you solidify the Panthers and the Hurricanes, right? Like, we, right. We, as a state, you really didn't have a huge choice when you looked at where other states were, were going. So to be able to find a synergy That's where true. these resources are going to impact economic benefit in a lot of small towns where athletics is, is the only show in town, like Pembroke, North Carolina, uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. So for us, as much as we'd like to say it's, it's new money, right now it's just replacing resources that we've, we've lost since COVID. All right, so what is... What ultimately will be coming your way? It, it, depending on how you read it, uh, there's either a million dollar yearly payment or it could be less depending or more. So what exactly are you expecting out of this legislation and when the bill and when when we are all allowed to go and lose money gambling? <laughs> uh, to the legislature's <laughs> credit, again, this is going to be a, a, an amp up process, right? They're going to have to to get the programs going. So there's not going to be an immediate revenue stream. So the, the legislature created a, a stopgap fund okay. based on what they think sports betting will ultimately uh, accrue. So there, there is a million dollar in funding going to the 10 institutions starting this year. And then as that uh, upstart funding ends, the hope is that the sports betting revenue will then replace it or exceed it. Some some projections they've had are, you know, upwards of a million and a half dollars per school, mm-hmm. but but time only time will tell if that's where it goes. But this was a great first step to at least start thinking outside of the student fee for how do we make athletics work at the smaller schools and how what will that do? What would a million dollars do for Pembroke in terms of helping you? Uh, pay salaries, uh, maintain fields. What 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 are we talking about? For for UNCP, if you went all in with with every dime that we spend and the classes that our coaches teach and all these different things, at most we're you know six million and change that we're investing in athletics. So if you get a, you know a million dollars is a sure. is a major shot in the arm for a budget that size. Unfortunately for us, if you look at our our fee revenues in 2019 before COVID, and you look at them now, we're 1.1 million down. So right now it's just oh. trying to keep the lights on and keep doing what we are, what we're doing and servicing now. 
Now, in the future, if it can reach its potential, that's where we can start looking at, you know, expansion and nutrition, expansion and athletic training, expansion and mental health, all the things that are that are key needs right now that we've kind of had to put on the side burner as a small institution. But, you know, for the D1s, there's six D1 schools that are in this legislation. Mm-hmm. You got the three uh, non-bowl subdivisions in, in uh, Central, Western Carolina, and A&T. And right. you have the three one triple A's with Wilmington, Greensboro, and Asheville. And for them, the transformation committee with D1, which I'm sure you, you've talked about before, they, in August, they, they implemented mandatory minimums now for uh, mental health counselor on staff. Uh-huh. Two extra years of health insurance. Right. So for those schools, you know, the, the money's probably spent before they even get it. So it's it's really a key time, and I, you know, I was uh, super appreciative that that they saw the need and how how soon it was. Uh, you know, everybody was on the brink. Kind yes. Of. So you want to get this? You want to get this started in February? Well, the stopgap <laughs> funding is is moving, and and the system is working on how that gets deployed. Right. The, but the but, com- what I'm, but my point is that the real the sooner the we real get bill, to this, yep. the sooner we get to everybody being able to do it the more the industry can grow. Because what we have seen over the course of the last several years Correct. is that the numbers that states who have had it for three or four years, mm-hmm. the numbers today are dramatically higher than the numbers when it was first implemented uh, as people start kicking their corner bookmakers aside. I just said that. That has nothing to do with anything. Uh, <laughs> Dick Christie is the athletic director at UNC Pembroke here uh, on the Adam Gold Show. Thank you very much for coming into the studio, uh, by the way. Uh, I want to ask you a quick quick question about the rivalry. You've got the two rivers rivalry in football with Fayetteville, uh, Fayetteville yep. State. Yep. All right. I was trying to think what the two rivers are. I'm just going to guess. I really don't know. Uh, PD and Santee? They're good guesses because the Lumber River does dump into oh, the PD. Oh, okay, okay. No, Lumber River Lumber and Cape, River. Cape Fear. Oh, Cape Fear. Oh, so, well, the Cape Fear is up here too. Yeah. Cape Fear runs right by Fayetteville State's campus. We're okay. right down by the Lumber, so they <laughs> – You've done well in that. We we have we were able to to, to earn the trophy back this year, uh, first year of our new football coach. So that was exciting. We got we got Fable State at home. Unfortunately, we had to reschedule because of um, potential hurricane impacts. But uh, we still had a great crowd and uh, a nail biter of a game. Came back and won late late in the fourth quarter. So what are crowds? Uh, stadium seats? What four thousand? Actual seating, we got about forty five hundred. But you know, when we're good and we have we have a game time that doesn't conflict with state and Carolina, you know, with our fan base that matters. <laughs> uh, we have we have plenty of double season ticket holders. Um, we, you know, we can we can push it up six thousand, seven thousand, just depends. The uh, the for my fire first, marshal turning the other way. Uh, it's standing room, so it's good. We're, oh, okay. out, we're outside, but. Um, <laughs> The first game I was in Pembroke, so 2013, uh, they they were doing very well in football. We were on national TV. Very first game out of the gate, we were the CBS Division II Game of the Week. Oh, wow. And we were playing Winston-Salem State uh, on a a Thursday night, and we probably had – 8,500 people there. Unfortunately, I hadn't seen a crowd like that since that first game, but we're, we're working back back towards it. Well, you started with a bang here. Yeah. Uh, can I get your th- – I'm curious. We, we, we spend a lot of time here, um, and mostly what I do is I point out the hypocrisy of big money college athletics and how they – all of these administrators, it's always, they're always talking about uh, – student athlete welfare and all of that and we all know the deal it's a hundred percent about how we need more money and i understand it i just wish they weren't pretending that it was something other than that because there's no other reason for southern cal and rutgers to be in the same conference there's no other reason for north carolina and stanford to be in the same conference um 
one means a lot less money than the other. But the, so what is what is your view of everything that we have seen? And I think it's it's gotten worse over the last five years than it was 10 or 15 years ago when the ACC expanded to Miami and right. those schools. What, what What's what's your view of that? It's just too much money at stake. You know, if if there were not so many egos in the room, if we were smart, we would have looked at football in its own sense a long time ago and figured out what what makes sense with football and TV and how, you know, maybe they're in a different conference. Maybe they're called a league. Maybe there's something different. It's not going to change the value on the TV side if we can structure it the right way and get the right metros in there. Um, But there's... You know, you got conference commissioners with a lot of control, and and they're not going to want to give up that nugget. And with the way it's not under the NCAA's umbrella from a postseason standpoint, that that didn't happen. And now right. we're we're stuck dra- dragging a, a volleyball team to Cal right. to play a conference game, and it's it is where we are. <laughs> well, because that has been floated around as where we may end up with football being separate from everything, and it's mm-hmm. unfortunate that football and we'll just say men's basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be lumped together because they are two major. One makes the lion's share of the money for the NCAA. The other, the NCAA has nothing to do with, which is probably better anyway. Um, But, yeah, I do think we're headed to a time where football is completely separate. Also, football might be like a look completely different five years from now. Uh, than it does now. Let me at ask least this. least for those upper 40 schools or so, 50 schools. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, what it may look like is like the Premier League. Mm-hmm. We may have three levels of maybe 15 or 16 schools in each and have promotion and relegation mm-hmm. up and down the ladder. And, you know, uh, and maybe that's good for college football. I don't know what the answer is. People will always be a fan of their school. They will, like Pembroke. No, no doubt. You're going to have fans. State's going to have fans. Carolina's going to have fans. Duke's going to have fan. I don't know. Maybe that's my little joke on Duke. Um, Morgan's a Duke fan, so that one, that one cut oh, deep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look, they had they they were legit, legitimately good. Like if if Riley Leonard doesn't get hurt, if they stop Sam Hartman on fourth and sixteen, like I'm not even gonna lie, they 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 could be a top ten, top eight team right now. They, yeah. I thought they were that good. Defensively, we played them in basketball two weeks ago. I can tell you, they're they're that good. Uh, <laughs> basketball is very yeah, good. Every, all our fans were saying, "Are you excited?" I was like, "I have no good memories in this building. Why would I be excited <laughs> to go to Cameron Indoor Stadium?" But it is. It, it had to be a great experience for, for the our, guys. For our kids, it was fantastic. I mean, it, you know, we we were starstruck in the beginning, and and thank God Duke didn't go to their three quarter press because we were down. <laughs> 40 in the blink of an eye but second half we were actually going we did really well in the second half they finally settled down uh we got a little more aggressive got in the lane we cool. had a true freshman score 20 in cameron that I mean, when does that happen so that kid's got a lifetime memory for yeah. for him and bragging rights but it was it was a neat experience we were, we were really appreciative they took the game one other thing about the the impact of all this cross-country travel dick christie athletic director at unc pembroke is here do you have to play this is going to sound weird, but in sports not named football, do you have to play conference games? I mean, does Stanford in soccer, mm-hmm. do they have to play in a conference game? Do they have to play Duke and Carolina and Virginia? I mean, they might play them anyway. Duke is actually going out to play Stanford in basketball, women's basketball on Sunday. Um, that was just a non-conference game scheduled for yep. a while ago. But do you have to or 
can you just schedule locally and then you know we'll figure out a way to make the conference tournaments work at the end that's that's a great point i mean i think you still want the structure of the conference so that the kids have something to shoot for and you have standings you have things that keep people interested right. through the through the regular season so and you know coaches are always going to lobby for an equal schedule or round robin where they get to see everybody yeah, to, to quote crown a true <laughs> champion uh, interestingly at our level we've actually we're the first league in d2 we're using kpi to rank our teams out of okay. the regular season for same reason that you're mentioning i mean our schools can't afford to travel a long distance we've we've needed to grow our geographic footprint to get the right schools in the mix and to find a way to get enough football schools right so we've now broken into three divisions we play heavily in our division and only lightly in the others and since the schedules are unbalanced our seating is based on a kpi algorithm that is only of league play so we just started that this year. Uh, it's been a great addition because it protects our best teams. It, it puts sure. the top seeds at the top, so they have the best chance to be an at-large team. But, you know, for your teams, we have a division right now of five. We hope it'll grow to six in each in all three. But they got a chance to win a, a division championship. So for those five teams, you know, until mm-hmm. late in the season, you're in the mix. you got something to play for because it's only those division games that will count towards that piece of the championship so I think that part it keeps students engaged it helps retention helps coaches whose jobs may be on the line that you know I'm in the mix until late I have a chance to make conference tournament until late so I do think you want to have that structure now for the top top end of D1 we talked about going to Stanford a lot of them were doing a west coast swing anyway in the non-conference oh sure so if they just bag that it could be cost neutral for the most part it doesn't necessarily have to be this giant expense and having to go over there and play that one or two games all right, final thing, Dick Christie. Uh, I appreciate you coming up here. Um, tell tell us something that people don't know about Pembroke or just the D two level. I think people don't realize that um, athletics at this level actually makes business sense for the university, mm-hmm. right? So if like take football for instance, all right, everybody says you everybody spends so much money on football, and, and football is expensive. Right. But for us, those kids being on campus actually brings more money. And sure. if you count room and board, if you count dining, if you count what they mm-hmm. spend in Pembroke, D2 is all partial scholarships. So for us, when you recruit a kid, it's very much a handshake agreement. They've got something at stake. A lot of them are having to you know, work with the family or take out loans or use their Pell mm-hmm. Grant. And we have something at stake. So it, there's a little bit more accountability on both sides. And those students typically outperform the other students academically. So if we didn't have athletics, we lose three, four hundred of some of the best students that we have in the classroom. It affects the academic environment. Yep. affects a lot of things. So uh, people don't usually realize that. You just have that automatic stigma of big-time athletics, and it's it's 180 degrees from that. And that's, yep. that's what's kept me there. It's, it's a very easy to, uh, to see what the value that, that you're bringing and what you're doing for the kids. And so many of the, uh, the bigger schools use the threat of cutting sports – uh, when actually the sports you're probably cutting are probably costing you money when you cut them. Uh, and that's that's been the case. You know, unfortunately yeah. across the system, there's probably 20 sports that, and we're we're guilty of it as well. I mean, people have probably tried to cut 20 in the last six years, and the, the legislative environment and the legal environment right now, it's just not, it's a non-starter. So you got to find a way to fund it in a way mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Dick Christie, Athletic Director at UNC Pembroke. I thank you very much. Uh, it's a good helmet. Uh, very cool. I appreciate your time. Yeah, appreciate uh, it. This was our you... last game, American Indian Heritage Day. Uh, this oh. was actually featured on uh, SportsCenter. Look at that. In a partnership with Lumbee Tribe.
What kind of what, real, real quick, what kind of financial arrangement do you have to make, or is it just um, is it you're you're honoring them and they understand it? So the the town of Pembroke is actually a, a corporate partner of ours, okay. and, and the tribe is based in the town. Yeah. So through through their game day uh, sponsorship, we were given approval from the tribe to use that. It's the first time we've put it on the helmet, and uh, you know, gear up on Sports Center featured it, which was great. They they had the full uniform kit, and we got a lot of a lot of great traction that you know D two usually doesn't get that exposure. So it's neat for our kids to to be able to see that. Thanks for coming in. Thanks a bunch.